Hi, I'm Donnie Funk, and I'm running for City Council in District 4. The City of Lee Summit has many critical decisions ahead of it with the undeveloped PRI land coming available to the market. We cannot outgrow our public safety services or our school district. It is imperative we have an open dialogue and collaborate with our citizens, public safety officials, school district, and our community stakeholders regarding the future of our city. I believe I have the experience and leadership skills to help facilitate these conversations so we can grow responsibly. Hope you'll vote for me on April 7th. Jason? Today's episode of the Lee Summit Town Hall Podcast is brought to the good people by Budget Blinds of Lee's Summit. Budget Blinds! Hey, did you know that Budget Blinds is the home for Signature Series Automated Shades, and they provide a safer environment for your children and your pets? I'm just saying that our robot shade overlords will protect us all. That they will. It's that cordless nature that makes it safe for everybody. They're also programmable, which is fun. We talked about this before. You can use your phone, your Alexa, a remote, your Google, whatever smart device you want. Make those shades go up and down, which is a lot more efficient. There you go. Keep your home safer and a little bit more energy friendly. And once again, hail our robot shade overlords. So if you're ready to make that change, if you are ready to make your home more efficient and safer, go see our friends at Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. Tell them Jason Nick Sega. Hello again, and welcome to Lee Summit Town Hall, a weekly podcast about what you can do to make a difference. I am Jason Norbury, and as always, I'm joined by a man who is this week so, so grateful that we didn't get to record so, this until late. So it's Nick Parkful, Parker, so <laughs> the publisher of Link to Lee Summit. I know he's so happy that he got to come and spend like late evening hours to accommodate my child's shuttling schedule. So to you, Nick, I say thank you, not only for being so patient, but also providing me with the leftovers from your upcoming uh, Beers with Nigel podcast. There we go. You know, look, I, I, I try to do nice things. So, and uh, that, I mean, uh, this is your only time. Yeah, I know. Uh, Probably from so. now on, stay on schedule. Come okay. on. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Our the job unofficial, that I don't pay you. Our unofficial important. sponsor today is Gratitude, and I'm expressing a little of it, and that's probably all I've got for the whole week. So, <laughs> welcome to you, Nick. You got it. So, you're done. I'm done. All right. There I'm we go. Done. I'm going to be a curmudgeon the rest of the week. Uh, let's dig in. I got some stuff. We Let's do some stuff. I got some stuff. I got... Uh, we have, I, by the way, nothing huge, nothing earth shattering, but some cool stuff. Yeah. I got some. I got. I got a couple events. Some things to, that are that are coming up, and then uh, I want to. I want to ask some questions. I got. I got a little little thing I want to talk about. All right. All right. Let's dig in. First, really cool thing. I like doing this every year, but Lee Summit Social Services has an annual pancake breakfast every year. I guess that's why I said annual, right? I just that, repeated that is myself. The way that is implied. Yeah. Uh, annual pancake breakfast. It is this Saturday at the First Baptist Church in downtown. Help them raise a little money. And, you know, you get good eats. You get pancakes. And, and. You get sausage. If you're a teacher, you can eat for free. There's even better. So, look, now let's be clear. Nick is now excited about this even more than he is on a regular year because he does not have to pay for his lovely wife who will get to eat for free. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Cheap Nick. Hey, I'm not going to say you're wrong. I'm not going to say it. But, uh, but there we are. There we go. No, hey, it's, that's it's a, a cool event. It's a good cause, and you should go support it, despite the fact that Matt Sanning is still the uh, director over at Lee Summit Social Services. Multi-guest Matt Sanning on this podcast. Hey, hey, hey while, we're, while we are on that, nobody guessed. I put out a little contest right before our, our 300th episode mm -hmm. of if anyone could name the three people that have, have 
the highest number of appearances on the show. There are three. And who are they? That They are, nobody got this, Matt Sanning. Okay, let me be clear. I got some of these. Dave Eames <laughs> and Julie Cook. And Julie Cook. So Dave has the distinction of being our first guest True. on our first episode and also, you know, maybe, can we call him nicest guy in Lee Summit? He is uh, certainly on the list. Yeah, I think that's close. Uh, so Dave Eames from Fossil Forge and the local foundry. Uh, you've probably seen... 80% of the signs in, in the KC area that have been designed and, and, and installed by he and his team. Uh, that's not a real stat, but I like saying it anyway. Uh, honestly, and, and you've heard us, um, I will say, evince a significant amount of jealousy for all the talent and niceness that he has. Well, here here's how I can negate that. Uh-huh. He's Team Burger, so oh, he's wrong. Right, so hey, also, Julie Washington Cook, Queen. the event director for Downtown Leaf Summit Main Street. She's been on several times. To, to talk about the events coming up. We're going to have her on again real soon. And then and then Matt Sanning has been a great resource for us when we want to talk about some of the issues around around our community, especially when we're, when we're talking about the underserved and, and the impoverished. He's been he's been fantastic. Each of those three have been on five times. We can't wait to have them again because they are they are really they play really important roles in our community. Absolutely. And we know we're going to have Dave on here in the not too far future, but if uh, Julie or Matt want to be the first to six, the bribe line is open. That's true, folks. The bribe line is open. All right. Well, that's the, that's the event talk. Let's, let's dig into some of the things. Uh, first thing I want to talk about is I want to talk. It's, it's election time, obviously. That's really? all, all we talk about, it I seems had, like. I hadn't even noticed. Um, there has been a lot of talk on social media lately about some of the, some groups around town, some political action groups, and endorsements that are being made when it comes to to candidates. I just thought it'd be a good idea. Maybe we can talk a little bit, Jason, about who some of these groups are, and maybe what voters should think about when they see these endorsements, and and, and how they should consider whether or not those endorsements should play a role in their decision-making. I mean, obviously, selfishly, I want everyone to listen to our interviews of, of the candidates that come in. But but I think I think these are these are groups that, that play roles in the community. They, they they have a voice and they are using it. So, so Jason, when you look at, and specifically I'm going to talk about uh, Foundations for Our Future, which is a group of, of business leaders around the community. I want to talk about IAFF, which is the, the local firefighters union, and the FOP, which is the, the local uh, police union. I want to talk about those three specifically because I think they're the really the players in town, if I can use that word. So when you first kind of – you see some of this this conversation that's happening and you see that, that endorsements are coming out, both the IAFF and the Fraternal Order of Police have, have issued their endorsements – for city council candidates, and you can check out their Facebook pages and and things to see who those are. But when you see those coming out, what are the what are the things that run through your mind, Jason, and maybe how that will play with voters in the community? Well, I mean, I certainly think that there's no um, there's very little, if any, public backlash in this day and age in America about us being being supportive of our firefighters and our police officers as a whole. So I think on a, on a very, very surface level, and this is the very top level surface level, it's never a bad look, right? To be supported by our local firefighters and our local police officers. And, and I know, I think, and I think you, you're going to see every candidate is, 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 well, every candidate wants every endorsement, but that's right. Those those are typically things that every candidate and, really shoots for. And you're not, and you're certainly not going to see any candidates, or very few candidates, uh, or any candidate who would like to win at the very least, going to come out and say, you know, 
I think our police and fire are overpaid and oversupplied, and perhaps we need to cut back on those budgets. You're not going to see that as a thing. So as a political reality, support for our police and fire unions. Now, as we in Lee Summit have learned a couple of years ago, as we marched up to the 2018 elections, there there was a lot of conversation about, I'll say at the city council level, about how and when to prioritize giving, you know, making changes in the compensation structure for those groups in particular, as well as the other city. And that conversation played a big role in that election. Right. It played a big role. It was, uh, I think the IFF took an outsized role from their priors on supporting candidates and pushing, pushing the things that they wanted out of that whole process. And, and, and I think you see some of the similar things, the next round of collective, look, the next round of collective bargaining is never, ever really far away. Right. But it is coming up, um, I believe, for the firefighters. I think they, they theirs is coming up in the next year or so. The FOP may be a little bit behind that. I don't know how those are staggered, but those are, those are coming up, and they want to line up support for that. So one of the lenses that you need to look in is what do the firefighters and what do the police officers want out of that whole thing? And, and this is not a value judgment on – their requests or the demands or their efforts to exert political leverage to improve their financial standing in the world. I don't, I think all of those things are fine, but just understand that, you know, with any of these groups, including, you know, the non union PACs that their emphasis or their interests don't necessarily align with everything that you want to be dealing with. And, and you, the voter may be more sensitive to the, the budget impact of, you know, increasing salaries or compensation or supply, you know, equipping or whatever they may has on that city budget and how your relative balance on that sort of a subject matter may be different than where the fire, the firefighters union is. You, you, you mentioned some of the, the non-union. And so let's, let's shift over to the, the foundations for our future a little bit. And like I said, this is, this is a group of, of business people throughout the community. It's people that have been involved in, in, Various things throughout the community for for a, most of them for a long time. There has been a little pushback on some of their social media lately, um, and I think some of that centers around language used in their in their posts. And so I I think maybe I don't know. I think maybe some people might be confused as to the role they play, and I think that's why I kind of wanted to ask that ask that question because it looked like people were saying, "Well, what does this mean when you endorse?" Right. Well, what it means is, I mean, this is a group that really came to existence just a couple of years ago during the the last city council uh, election cycle and all of that, and they made endorsements and well, I, it 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 kind of restarted. It's been right. around for but a, this, a, a it, long time. It was like actually started by Gene Gamber, right? In its current incarnation, I'll put it that <laughs> way, uh, to really kickstarted in that whole thing. And I, and I think you know they have not made specifically clear what standards they're using to evaluate their candidates. Now, if you, and and this is something I encourage everyone to do is right. Go read the words they say, you know, I mean, not to, you know, oversimplify this, but when they make posts, you should read them. And when they talk about what kinds of things they're looking for, I mean, so if you just read their very basic and, and this is just my take on this is when you read their little headline thing, preserving and improving Lee Summit's quality of life. You know, that's their, their starting. So preserving gives you a, a very, and, I'm gonna, I, and, and I don't mean this in a pejorative way, 
a status quo bias, right? They like things, a lot of the things about Lee Summit as they are, and they wished that those things to remain the same. And I think that, you know, a lot of where the friction has come is some of their, you know, their endorsements for the school board, you know, two years ago or a year ago. Yeah, a year ago uh, came up, came about and, you know, that, escalated the friction between the school board and the superintendent, not their endorsements, but the, the election of the, the candidates that they endorsed. And, and I think there's a tension in the community still about whether the change that, you know, Dennis Carpenter was pushing for or the equity plan and those sorts of things is something that we want to put there. And I think you could safely say, you know, and once again, in a non pejorative way that foundations for our future is really, uh, you know, on the the small c conservative side of of that of that stance right they they want a little bit less change maybe something a little bit less dramatic and those sorts of things and so it's in there now you can you know and i encourage everyone to you know read their endorsements read their questionnaires watch the videos as they get posted do those things to see the questions that they ask because you have to make a decision is this an organization who's you know, expressed values align with mine or do they align sufficiently that I think that their, you know, support is good or bad or whatever the case may be. I, 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 I think, I think what you're saying and I'm, and I'm agree with this is like when you look at the candidates, when you look at these endorsements, just, just do your homework a little bit, be informed as to, as to what they're saying and what they mean and let that help you make your own, make your own decision. But I just thought it was, I wanted to take just a little bit of time just to talk about, about those groups. We, we've heard about maybe there are some, some others that, that might be offering endorsements and we'll, we'll kind of fill in as, as those happen. But those are the three right now that are active and in the public conversation. I thought right. it was a good time to take a step back and let's look at who they are. And then you can kind of make your decisions a, a, as you go. And honestly, I think what you really need to do in order to make an informed decision is listen to all of the interviews that we are doing <laughs> with all of the school board and city council candidates and, uh, and, and make your decisions based on the information that we try to elicit from those candidates for you. I really love a little self-promotion. I, uh, hey, look, you know, we don't get paid if we don't promote ourselves. <laughs> Well, you don't get paid anyway. I true. Yeah, so I'm I like to promote it. myself because that's I like all it that I, way. Then that's all I have. <laughs> uh, we we do try our best to 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 ask solid questions uh, of all of the candidates. We send out questionnaires. Those are going to be posted soon as well as as we start collecting those in. So tune in. Those next ones are coming Friday, and we're going to talk a little bit about that later on. Let's now, Jason. Let us go to as the council turns. As the council turns. As we move into our favorite soap opera, Jason, I want to talk a little bit about another one of our favorite topics, and that is economic development. Yay! And slides in a little bit of public incentive talk. And let's not forget urban planning. Urban planning. Because <laughs> you got to make you happy. Yeah, i got to make true. me happy. And the council is doing that, and the city staff is doing that all in one swoop. This, this is an everyone's happy circle. Well... We'll see. <laughs> There's a lot of there are a lot of ifs and uh, boxes to check in Jefferson City before this all becomes. That's a that's true. Uh, what we're what we're going to talk about first is, is a there was a memorandum of understanding at last night's council meeting that the council did did approve. They voted unanimously to approve, and this all centers around a plan 
to redo the interchange at 291 and 150. This is 291 South. And 50. No, and 50. I'm sorry. And 50. 291 North, the, the northbound section, because they've just redone the South. They did. We finished up the South just a couple I years ago. I just totally messed that whole thing up. You did. Well, you know what? You're fired as a city <laughs> There we go. I'm. Dang it. I cannot work in that. Wait. There are many reasons why I'm not qualified that to do that. That is true. Um, so, yeah. So, two, 291 <laughs> and 50. This will move the highway patrol's office. This will move the quick trip. And it will it will hopefully what the city hopes is this will spark some some redevelopment in an area that's that's in need of it right so just to give you the basic uh process clear, as, clear up all as, the things that i messed up yeah and just a, a little bit more detail so as as most of you would be aware that the at the intersection there at 291 and 50 is the highway patrols troop a headquarters right there kind of squeezed into the corner between lee summit high school and the those two highways and the plan is they are going to move. I think they're going to do this part anyway. Uh, they're going to move from that location up to Colburn Road in what is the Missouri Department, Highway Department's or Department of Transportation's building that's up there and make a significant number of improvements. And a lot of this is going to be helped uh, subsidized by TIFs and other subsidies from you know state legislature, but also from here in in Lee Summit. And then the plan would be to reroute Blue Parkway. And so that's the northbound access road. Uh, it'll kind of take it northbound, northward up north of where the quick trip is now and kind of loop it back down south. So it, it, it gets a farther distance away from 50 Highway, which is the major safety concern about the way that traffic. And then there would be a, a redo of the, the interchange Diverging um, diamond, diverging diamond time, uh, and then somewhere in there, uh, and they, none of this is said out loud, but there is developer one. Um, if you look at the drawings on the city council's presentation, it's very clear that a lot of this road runs right over the top of where the current Quick Trip is. So, if you want my guess, developer one is the Quick Trip Corporation, and they're going to land themselves a shiny new Quick Trip out of this in the overall process. Which can we just take a moment? We love more. We love shiny they are quick trips. Shi- shiny quick trips are the Look, best. I'm going to say the, the quick trip that's like two blocks from my house is like it's the best thing because it's right there. And so I, it's, good. It's right there and I can just go there and I go there way more than is what I would call healthy. <laughs> well, listen, listen, we don't we don't talk healthy. Right. Enough. But I'm there a lot because it's, it's literally it's right there. It's on my way out. It's on my way in. It's, it's it's incredibly convenient. I'm there all the time. So I get it, but we get a shiny new quick trip. But it also opens up some of that land for further commercial development. Uh, and then by upgrading that interchange and upgrading Blue Parkway and all that, all those bits and pieces, you really do change some of the lay of the land there. Um, and, it, and it should open up some opportunities to, to get a little bit more development in that part of the city. And and like you said earlier, all of this hinges on some things happening at the state level. So even if everything goes according to plan, one of the things that was noted during during the meeting was this project wouldn't start until likely 2023. Right. So we're a long ways off, but this was the beginning. I think anyone who saw the what happened on the other 291 and 50 interchange Traffic is much, much more improved now. Even, even that you can deal with the diverging, uh, diverging, diverge about the diverge about. That's the <laughs> word. There's the word. The diverge about. Down there, there are so. a lot of people who really don't like the traffic circle part. My mother being the roundabout. 
but it really has made a difference. Both that combined with the the diverging diamond has made a huge difference. Um, the traffic problems have have really been fixed. Right, and, you don't get the backups it's, it's, on it's the fifty a, highway. It's, it's a it's a great thing. So and and and. If you look around, it's led to some some redevelopment. That Pine Tree Plaza has has, has been redeveloped. So there's a lot going on there, and I think I think this could lead to some more development too. It's a long way off, but this is the start of a project that I think should should make people feel good about the future. Yeah, I think it it's good, and and it'll you know there's some significant like there was on the South 291 South interchange. There's some significant city input into this in terms of financing and dollars and some things to to match up to state level costs. Because you keep in mind, and, and this is a running gag at our planning com- in planning commission. Um, and I try to get the staff to say it on a regular basis, but they won't. <laughs> You're mean. Generally will. But essentially, um, 291, 50, some of these roads are the jurisdiction of the Missouri Department of Transportation. And they move and operate on their own time frame <laughs> and under their own budgetary constraints, which is, of course, set by the uh, the legislature there in Jefferson City. And, and I think I've made clear my opinion of the efficacy of that particular body. Um, as we go forward. And and so things just happen on their own time frame with that. And a lot of times we do things and it's like, well, we could begin this construction tomorrow, but we have to wait on the Missouri Department of Transportation to give us a ruling or a bill or a plan or to do something like that. And it's like a wait and see, wait and see, wait and see sort of thing. We're going to have that and it's going to be that on steroids because we have, there's literally, they have to go to and get funding in through the legislature into the budgets for these next several years so that they can have the funds to do all this. So just a little note, things that may be coming up, we will keep you informed as things move forward. If things move forward, we'll be your place for it. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to uh, Jason. Doom and gloom. Doom. I'm afraid if you pay your utility bills online, your water bill on the city site, you're going to end up paying a little bit more. What do you I, have to say? I don't, I don't even have anything to say about this. <laughs> I, it's, I, I, it, the only thing, it's going to lead me into one of those like get off my lawn old man <laughs> rants about why when we're going through the convenience of paying online for anything, we have to pay a convenience fee, right? right? Like it's extra money to like so that they don't have to have an employee. Um, but you know, other than that, I'm sure we did not watch the the city council deliberations on this. I'm sure there's sound reasons why they're doing the things they're doing. This will pay for some upgrades. There's some other stuff coming through the water department in the next period of time on stormwater and some other things. So this is not the last adjustment in your water bill that you may see coming forward. Um, so be prepared. we're just having a we're having a we're having a little fun at the expense of the city. Yeah, a little fun at the expense of the so city. An extra three twenty five on your on your fee if you pay online. There you go. So can I can I tell you something? Huh? I'm I'm still gonna pay it. I'm yeah uh, because online is easier. Honestly, I, I mean I feel like who even has checks anymore? Right, right, yeah. So. Um, there we go. All right. So one. Of the, uh, what else you got? Well, there's one other. I think. Well, there's two other things. They're both planning or sort of planning ish things. There was a contract on the docket this evening uh, to hire the design work for the upgrades for the police department building and the municipal court building um, as we voted on in August in our bond issue. So just just note that this is sort of the first go round of of money being spent or allocated to take care of those. 
that work um, that we that we did vote for going forward. And then the last bit and piece is that the city council was voting again on the preliminary development plan for the Colburn Road Library Branch. Um, hey, but, but before you get to that, this is a library. Have you seen the new library? It is pretty. That thing is shiny and pretty over there by the hospital. Yeah, and so there's and so I I have dug around because the Colburn Road Branch is my branch. And, and so, and I'm on the planning commission. So I saw this come through and, and there's one major change. And when they did the big, uh, the big tax bond issue, uh, several years, L. Yeah, uh, several years ago that, uh, came through and what they had talked about in that is amongst the changes that they were going to do a bunch of renovations and upgrades and expansion to the Colburn road branch. And what apparently happened is when they got their architects and engineers in there, they went, uh, Maybe you just want to tear this whole thing down, <laughs> and and so they so, found so it. So what be you're telling me is a little different plan than we thought. A little bit different plan. I mean, it, the end result is about the same as what we got, but without it, instead of just slapping or putting things on and attaching it to the current building, they're just going to knock the building down, make a couple like you know it's going to move slightly and it's going to be a lot bigger and the parking's going to change and all those sorts of things. All that stuff is it's essentially what we were promised as an end product, but the road is a little bit different going forward. But the worst part, and here's the thing that's the most upsetting, and this was not on the city council's docket. It means that my library branch that is so very close to my house is going to close. They are going to take all of the stuff, including the staff, from the Colburn Road Library. They're going to close that branch and knock it down. They're going to move it all to the new east branch there on Blue Parkway. And then they're going to build a new branch there at Colburn. And my wife's biggest concern is that how many of the librarians are going to go back to the Colburn Road branch when it reopens in because, a year or so. Because we don't like change. We don't like change. And we like, and uh, you know, m- my daughter uh, loves that library branch and she loves some bunch of the staff that's there. And they are great. But as a whole, you know, so our, our biggest concern, really, this is it. Do we get our librarians back <laughs> when the library reopens uh, in 2021? So Seth, this is our question for you, who has also been a guest on our show. Seth, does Jason get his librarians back? I'm now. I am now a uh, a Lee Summit Branch library guy. Well, and as apparently, I'm going to be for a period of time because apparently they do not have teleportation technology that allows them to snap their fingers and have all the stuff and the staff just move over in like a day. There's going to be a period of time when the Colburn Road Branch is closed, but the East Branch is not yet open. Uh oh. And so we will all be. We are all Lee Summit Branch here starting mid March. To tease an upcoming project, we are Lee Summit. We are. I'm just going to leave it at that. All right. Hey, I got. I have one final thing. We we teased a little bit of this before, but I'm excited. Uh, last Friday, we started our candidate interviews. We we started last Friday with our candidates for District One: Hillary Shields, Steve Lambert, and Robert Dye. You can check all of those out either either through our, through the podcast. They were on. They were last week's episodes. Or if you want to go to link to LeeSummit.com, they're they're available there too. This week on Friday, Jason, we get to introduce the first set of candidates for the R7 Board of Education, what we've done to 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 allow us to have better conversations and well, to, f- to fit these in and personal in time, lives. And, and, and personal <laughs> lives, is we split the nine candidates into groups of three. So this week we are we're gonna we're gonna start with our first batch of candidates. And I'm excited, Jason. I think I think there are some things to talk about 
in the school district. And these 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 are people. Honestly, I, these are people I don't know. So it'll be it'll be nice to to meet them and to learn a little bit about why they're running and 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 what the what the issues that are driving them to run. Right. And we have, we have been critical, I think, of the the unwieldy nature of really big candidate forum panels um, in the past. And so this is our our kludge to try to figure out how to do that, to get the forum so you get a little of the, I'll, I'll call it creative tension uh, amongst candidates as they as they put forth their, their differing visions for things, but also not have it be so many people on there that you lose, you can't compare A to B or apple, you know, apples to apples. And, and by the time, you know, candidate nine has spoken, everybody has forgotten what candidate one had to or, say. Or, or, or what the question was. So, so we're going to start on Friday. It's going to be Kathy Campbell, Larry Anderson, and David Thompson. Those are going to be our, our first set uh, of board candidates. If you've got some questions you want to make sure we ask... Let us let us know. You can hit us on Facebook or Instagram at Link to Lee Summit on Twitter at LS Town Hall, or you can email me, Nick at Link to Lee Summit.com. Let us know. Let us know what we should be asking them. Just you know, reach out to us on the socials. Yeah, that's that's the that's the, <laughs> that's, that's, that's the better way. Jason, I think that's really all all we've got. I, I I know it's weird that we talk about election all the time, but I'm excited about this. this is a good time. This is when people can be involved. You can this is this is how you get into it and and know what's going on in your community. It's it's the reason we started this podcast. Absolutely, I'm looking forward to it, and I, I'm really looking forward because you're right. I don't know these candidates particularly well either. Uh, we did interview. I think Kathy Campbell has run before. We did interview her last year, but you know it's a it's a learning experience for all of us, and we're going to see how it goes. But I'm excited. There we go, folks. That's going to be our episode for this week. Join us on Friday as we meet our first batch of Board of Education candidates. We'll talk to everybody on Friday. You have been listening to Lee Summit Town Hall, a link to Lee Summit podcast with hosts Nick Parker and Jason Norberry. A proud member of the Fredcast Network, you can subscribe to this podcast on most of your favorite podcast apps and catch us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for all the news, analysis, and conversations on the Lee Summit community. Connect with us on Facebook at Link2Lee Summit or on Twitter at LS Town Hall. Thank you.